0: love and you so too your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on
1: us dear god we thank you for this day for the beautiful weather we're having outside and for this wonderful opportunity to come together again and worship you lord we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could once again receive the message and focus on your word in jesus name amen
2: can't find died my soul to save
1: your neighbors.
3: No, user error is always the thing. Good morning. Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We've got a couple of announcements uh, as uh, part of our worship service. Before I get started with those, I want to give you the chance to offer prayer. Um, if you would like for our Tuesday prayer group to pray uh, for anything regarding any subject in your life, in the community, for the world, for the election, if you'll please raise your hand. And ushers will bring you a note card and a pencil. If you'll please print legibly. And we will uh, share those uh, prayer concerns with our Tuesday prayer group and make sure uh, that they pray for us. We believe in radical hospitality. Part of that is athletics, fun things outside of the worship service. And so uh, we have uh, basketball registrations. You can go to our website and uh, click on that. Uh, Let me put some pressure on you and go to um, memorialgreer.com and I'll I'll show you uh, where the basketball registrations are. MemorialGreer.com is the official website of Memorial United Methodist, Um, and it's down below. If you scroll down, there we go. Um, You'll see the concert series that's coming up, and also basketball registrations. Um, It's uh, simple as can be. I want to thank Adam uh, for putting that together, and uh, Tommy Stanton is uh, our um, athletic director, he will need help when we host basketball games. It's a very simple job, but you need to be present here. Uh, so we'll be reaching out for help. We believe in intentional faith development, uh, all kinds of things in between worship services to further develop our faith. And so we're tr- uh, in that effort, we'll have confirmation. Confirmation starts in January uh, for sixth graders or above uh, if you haven't participated in confirmation. And uh, if you would like to participate, we have, one, we have two meetings. The first one is today at 10 a.m. directly following this service in the social hall. You can go in the, um, right through these doors, follow people there, and you'll learn more about the confirmation process, things that we'll do um, for 6th graders and above. Uh, Charge Conference is our official paperwork wrap-up of this year and our projections of leadership and finances for next year. If you are a leader in the church, I would appreciate it. Uh, I'm about an official leader on paper. Um, if you'll come to a church conference next week, it's directly following the worship service uh, next Sunday. Uh, in, I assume it will be in the sanctuary unless, he want, unless district <coughs> superintendent tells me otherwise. Um, great day for Paige today, tough day for us today. Um, she's going to join Daniel in uh, Florida. They've been engaged for... hello. Some <laughs> plus or minus, meh, five or so weeks. Um, so we're going to celebrate Paige in a number of ways today. In this uh, service, I'm going to call up Kenna Owens. She's our chair of the Staff Parish Relations Committee, uh, which is the HR of any church. While she's coming up, I'll tell you that there is a um, drop-in shower, would you call it? What, what, yeah. From 2.30 to 4 in the social hall for Paige. We encourage you to come, and the youth will be uh, doing some fun stuff tonight uh, for Paige as well.
4: I'd like for Paige to come up now and stand with me, if you will. It's your favorite. (laughs) As Joe said, today is a bittersweet day for us um, because it's Paige's last day. And when I was preparing what I was going to say today, um, I started to reflect on the very first time that I met Paige. I was on the committee that interviewed her for the job of director of youth. It seems like I'm always on a committee to do that. But um, I was immediately struck um, by her confidence in this interview. Um, it, it couldn't have been easy uh, for a young person like Paige surrounded um, by all of us sitting around this table on that committee. And, and we asked her all of the questions that you would typically ask someone in an interview. And she answered them, them very well. And she didn't seem to be too nervous. But what really impressed me was when we began to talk about youth, uh, or young people. You know, that middle school and high school age of kids that so many of us struggle to work with. Well, when we began talking about them, her entire demeanor changed. The confidence, of course, was still there. But there was a sense of um, kindness and understanding in her expression that was really, really impressive to me. I mean, you could tell that she truly enjoyed and just had a sense of love for this aged child. And at that moment, I really and truly knew that we had the right person to work with our youth. Now, little did we know about her musical talent. Um, She just casually mentioned that she liked to play the guitar and sing. Really? (laughs) Really? I mean, that was just an understatement, to say the least. The talent that she has brought to this contemporary band has been absolutely amazing. She has such a distinctive voice. I mean, if you think about it, you know, her voice and her musical talents, that's kind of like being um, almost like a gift with purchase. We just didn't know what we were getting. We had no idea the level of the talent that she would share with us every Sunday morning. Paige, I just want to say how grateful we are that you made the decision two years ago to be a part of Memorial Methodist Church. You've taught our students valuable things about our particular theology while respecting the ideas of others as well. And we're also grateful that you have shared your amazing voice as well as your dedication to the band and practices and performances. And we're also grateful for your fiance, Daniel, and the way that he contributed to the band and to the youth group. We know that really, really good things are in store for you and for Daniel, and we wish you both well, and we will miss you terribly. Please join me in congratulating you.
3: Let's pray together. Lord, we pray especially for Charles Burnett and family and for an uncle who had surgery for a tumor removal and another surgery to complete the removal in three weeks and for Paige and Daniel in their transition. Lord, we thank you for calling us to prayer, to calm us, to quiet us, to cause us to listen. Help us, Lord, as we read your text today, to understand how important it was at the time, how important it was to the person that wrote it down, how important it is today, and how important it will be. The offer of hospitality, radical hospitality to another individual in your name, because you have offered it to us, is the first thing we ever want to do. Lord, open a classic text, one that we've heard many times, for us anew today, that we can honor and glorify you with our proclamation. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, until Consecration Sunday is November 20th, is a combined service in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. And having five Sundays between our series ending and Consecration Sunday, I thought we should focus on our five practices. Let's do one practice a week and pick a text that really captures it, unpack it, and figure out how we can offer radical hospitality, passionate worship, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, and on November 20th, extravagant generosity. All the things that regardless of the size of your church, Bishop is a retired bishop in the Midwest says, if you're doing these things, you're a vital church. And let me apologize for the phone. There's some sort of uh, random thing throughout uh, our entire campus where some computer calls about every five minutes and the phone rings twice and you go grab for it and it's not real. So we're gonna hear it a bunch of times. Matthew chapter John chapter 6, verse 6. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. So here's your first phrase, because they saw signs. People love a winner. They especially love when that winner is winning for them. A winner is interesting when it's not your team for just a little while and if they keep winning, you're real tired of them in a hurry. But if the thing that you want continues to win, you will continue to pay attention. I'll give you the perfect example. In 2007, I went to Chicago for continuing education I was there for 10 days, seven days, whatever. And at three o'clock we got out every day and I was on the uh, L going throughout the city wherever I could go. Um, I wouldn't say it was based in the arts. One day I went to a Cubs game, the next day I went to a White Sox game, the next day I toured Wrigley Field for three hours, the next day I went to Soldier Field. Two years later I took Katie for our 10th anniversary and we went to um, Museums and stuff and also all those places one more time since then I've followed the Cubs, but not religiously and When I've fallen away the most is when they had players that I did not like Players that uh, didn't give maximum effort that weren't smart that weren't doing the right thing at the right time I couldn't stand it could not stand to watch them but as they've been rebuilt in the last four years I paid more attention because they had people who were team players, people who were smart, people who wanted to be there, people who did the right thing at the right time. And of course, um, I, I don't talk about my teams much, really, uh, in worship because I know that that's a delicate thing and I need y'all to be willing to listen to me um, 48 times a year. But I figure there aren't many people, except from sweet Miss Joan Jamison and Eleven, who's an Indians fan, that I'm gonna come up against on this subject. <laughs> okay? so. Last night i wake up Addison, uh, she's already gone to bed, and show her the last inning. To say this is something that has not happened since 1945. 1945, you know how many people were paying attention? You know how many people were paying attention in 2011 when they lost 100 games? Not as many. So the people are paying attention to Jesus, why? Because he's showing them signs, it's doing a new thing, he's healing a new person. He is feeding more people. And the second phrase I want you to notice is Passover is near. This is critical. This is a celebration. It's a celebration of their freedom that goes all the way back to Egypt when Moses stood up to Pharaoh, with, uh, of course, with God's help, and said, I'm gonna take my people out of here. There was all kinds of conflict. They took them out. But now they're in Jerusalem. And the strange juxtaposition is they're um, celebrating a holiday of freedom of when they left Egypt, and now they're in Jerusalem and occupied by the Romans. So it's one thing to lose on the road, to be out of your hometown, to be away from where you want to be and have people oppressing you. But they're in their hometown. It's so much harder, I would think. And so they are celebrating freedom while being oppressed. Oppressed. So you can imagine a very busy city, way busier, celebrating a day of freedom while being occupied by the Romans. It's a formula for people being a little grumpy. Let's look at verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half years wages to buy enough bread to give each one bite. So here's your next phrase. Large crowds always test us. Always. Whether we were ready for them or not, large crowds test us. Whether we have anything to do with the leadership of managing that crowd, or whether we're just in the crowd, or whether we're on the road with a crowd, they will push us to a limit that we're not accustomed to. So... Um, let me show you a picture uh, girls and I love to watch a show on Netflix called food truck road trip or uh great food truck road race or something like that they give people who have never run a food truck before some of them never run a restaurant before eight of them they start in California and they stop ten times eight to ten times across the nation and have a challenge and one person per stop gets dropped And the people who make it to the East Coast and win get $50,000 and get to keep their truck. So these are people who have cooked picnics for their family. They might have done receptions for a wedding. They might have done something for the city, but they've never done anything like this. And what's so cool is they take their concept to the show and the show makes a truck for their concept. So here's an example of people from California I love that they have the, um, the wood side, and they got the surfboard, so you might have um, uh, uh, people who specialize in Asian cuisine, uh, Tex-Mex cuisine, whatever. And every week, they're going one place to another. Of course, the show's premise is to max them out and give them way more people or way more challenges or way less resources to what end? on the one hand, to push them and teach them, but on the other hand, it's great drama for television to watch a person freak out because they got 80 people who want this slider, who want to try it out. And you'll see them go from, yes, we're in this, to I'm going to choke a close relative <laughs> in, in a very uh, very short period of time. So the disciples are in somewhat similar situation. They're out of their element. There are more people than they've ever encountered, especially in a leadership. And there's new things, new locations, new conflicts, which all equal reduced patience. Let's look at verse 8. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, which is classic Bible to say uh, how many men there were. Um, Obviously more people than that. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So here's your next phrase. Here's a boy. Five small barley loaves and two fish. First thing about this phrase... What's his name? Anybody Which is interesting given the pattern of biblical writers who love to say who it is and where he's from. Like if I were to, if you were to say, um, we're out in public and and, um, we're somewhere and you have a friend and you say, um, this is our new minister. This is um, Joe son of Bob of Rock Hill. (laughs) <laughs> what would those people say? All right, so I'm going to go over here now, right? But the Bible does that all the time. It's always connecting to lineage, lineage. It's always connecting to geography because both of those things mean a lot. So what does it mean to not note that? Here's a boy. Well, if you look back in the gospel, there's times when someone is noted specifically. But also in the gospel, you'll see the woman at the well. What's her name? You'll see the centurion soldier. What's his name? You'll see the good Samaritan. What's his name? Interesting. When the Bible obsesses about who it is and their significance and their place of significance, Jesus' stories most often revolve around a nameless person not celebrating themselves Doing something dramatic beyond what anything, anyone would do. So here's a boy. That's the one thing I want you to notice about that text is nameless. Second thing I want you to notice about this phrase is that children can teach us something. A big thing. What can children teach us about being friendly? Well, how do they greet you? How do they greet you when you come pick them up from school? How do they greet you in the parking lot when you've uh, dropped them with grandparents and they're coming back? How do they greet you when you walk in the door? They lose their minds, right? In a way that not many people are going to do. In a way that can be very encouraging if you're up for it. Sometimes you're just not up for it. But in a way that can be very encouraging. What's the other thing they do? Fearlessly offer the thing that they have. I drew this picture, okay? And that picture is sorta of a buffalo, (laughs) right? And you go, what do you say? This is so cool. This sort of buffalo is awesome. Of course, both my children have gone way past that and what I'm drawing is sort of a buffalo. They can draw a legit one. But little children greet you on a level that you cannot deny. And they fearlessly offer the thing that they have. Think about the times in the Bible when the disciples would not do that. It's almost every time. Why? Because they're maxed out. They're maxed out mentally, they're maxed out emotionally, they're maxed out physically. And it makes them, um, I wouldn't say cowards, it makes them grumpy which makes them less likely to do something. But a child fearlessly offers the thing that they have to people, and it's the difference between people eating that day and not eating that day. Let's look at verse 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So let's look at your last phrase. Holy Patience. A lot of stuff in that paragraph. Number one, um, it's the basis for when I was a student pastor in Seneca and wasn't married, and we had a dinner, and the ladies of the church would load 12 baskets of food and put it in my trunk and say, I want you to take this home and put it in your refrigerator. In that moment, Jesus fears that people will be so excited by his action that they'll say, this is our new king, the one we were hoping for, and that's not the way he wants it. Let me read you scripture that's not on your screen. This is verse 28. We were just reading 15. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's your job. So they asked him, what sign will you give us so that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? That's 7,500 people, five barley loaves and two fish. He says, the only job you have, what do we have to do? The only job you have is to believe, he says. And they say, cool, can you give us something that will make it much easier to believe? Number one, that's really hard as a leader. Number two, he just fed that many people. Number three, you know what's between that story and what I just read? He walks on water. He walks on water. How patient is Jesus with his people? That's why I want to teach you a new phrase. I'll make you all repeat after me. If you went like this, holy patience. <laughs> Y'all ever said that? mm Y'all ever said some other versions of that? mm hmm mm-hmm. So let, let's see if we can do it. Y'all say it with me. One, two, three. Holy patience. You can even say it with a grumpy face. As long as you say, Patience. When you sense it, when you feel it, it will remind you of John chapter 6. When in that moment, the disciples who were Jesus' closest followers said, there is not enough, period. The child offered it. They fed everyone. There was more than they ever needed. Then he walked on water. Then he said, the only thing you have to do is believe. And the people said, cool, show us something else that's cool. Show us something cool. So when you're on uh, uh, Highway 14, when you're on 385, when you're in a meeting and somebody who doesn't know about that subject speaks on that subject, when you walk in the door and somebody has something for you that you're just not ready for, when you have something for someone who walks in the door and they're not ready for it, you just think of this, holy patience, and see if it works. See if you remember it. See if you remember what Jesus did because it took tremendous patience to offer that hospitality to the people over and over and over again because people who are walking in the door are still learning. You know why? Because people who have been in the pew 49 times a year for 20 years are still learning. Let's remember always to be as patient with others as God has been with us And when we do that, we will offer radical hospitality. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your Son who came directly to us to teach, to heal, to feed, to serve, but also to call us to action. Help us, Lord, not to be consumers of the cool, flashy things that your son did, but to be believers in the words that he shared, the love that he offered, the grace that he wants us to offer to others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over His works and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service that in the kingdom of God may be present reality on earth. Please be seated. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online, you can go to our website in order to do that.
0: defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Where sins run deep, your grace is more, where grace is found, is where you song to rise to you When temptation comes my way When I cannot stand, I fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay When I cannot stand, I fall on you Just you're my hope and stay. Defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you.
1: Eh, Would you stand and sing this next one with us?
0: You're good. My heart will pray no matter what may come. The earthly treasures soon will fade. I'm standing on the rock, so i cherish. cream, cream.
3: Instead of a benediction as we've done before, I'm going to call um, Paige and the band out here uh, to the center, and we're all going to lay hands on her or someone close to her and uh, pray for her departure. Yeah. Sorry. There's one more thing. I am Greg's
1: baby. Okay. Paige, I'm not really good with these kind of things, but um, on behalf of the band, we wanted to thank you for everything you've done for the band in this church. Um, You, as a person, you are a wonderful person um, inside and out. I have really enjoyed um, getting to know you the past couple years, as well as I'm pretty sure the rest of the band feels the same way. Um, We really appreciate your musical talents. You um, are a great musician, you have a very beautiful voice. Um, and we are really going to miss you a lot. We're very excited for you and Daniel, but we're both going to—we're going to miss both of y'all a lot. Um, but we got you a little um, gift for your going away, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Um, and very excited for what God has in store for y'all So
3: All scared of each other
2: oh,
0: man.
3: Lord we thank you uh, for Paige and everything she's meant to our church we pray for her transition uh, for the departure of her proximity to all of her family so close we pray for the transition to Daniel we're so grateful for his new job we pray for her employment uh, that you can be with her Uh, We pray for the band in transition. We pray for our church in transition. Uh, We're so grateful for everyone who's um, uh, done so much to make this day special and help us prepare. Lord bless Paige on her way. Amen.